You know, um, doing it a little different than y'all usually do it. You know what I'm saying? I wish I was, could have met y'all at y'all spot. You know what I mean? But I appreciate y'all coming. Nah, you I'm about to say, it's different for you, yeah, man. man. That's what it's supposed to do when you got an OG. You well, know how it works. You know, I appreciate it, though. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to take nothing for granted. Was, was you ever a Raiders fan for real? Hell yeah, man. I'm Still the president of the Raider Nation. To this day? I, I, man, you, are you listening? I'm the president of the Raider Nation. Okay. Yes, yeah. I, that, that doesn't sound like an official so, position. So. What you mean? It sounds like something you made up. No, it's nothing I made up. <laughs> I was anointed. <laughs> you know? had a couple of your boys on. Tay Adams. Mm -hmm. Max Crosby. Yeah. Okay. What happened last year? Because the expectation was big. I was, was rooting for them. It was big expectations, but you know, new coach, you know, yeah. um, can't always expect it to come together like, you know, Phil Jackson or something, you right, know what right, I mean? Right, so right, right. it takes a minute for everything to really gel. And look who we look who the West is dealing with. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, look look at that AFC yeah. West. Yeah. I mean, you got the champs in the AFC West. Yeah. Hold up. Let me let take a semi cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Only bitch you not to trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. OG, man, welcome. Um, For us, Thank man, you. this is this is an honor. I feel like we've watched you in five or six different phases of life. And you've excelled at the mall. It's Chan, Freddie T, I'm RC. I mean, it's Ice Cube, y'all. He don't really need an introduction. Um, it's always fun, though, when we get an opportunity to sit down with someone you think you know because you feel like you've watched their lives play out before you and then the things that you can learn from just having a conversation. I kind of want to start in, in the place that brings us back to kind of where you're from, but yeah. also shows how you've grown. You said that you and your homeboys popped up at somebody's house in the hood because they tricked your mom out of $20. Yeah. And when y'all went over there to settle it, he wasn't home. Yes. Explain a little bit about where you think your life would be had the dude you were looking for, for been home over $20. <clears throat> Probably California State Penitentiary. My friend Greenfield, he had just bought a shotgun. Bought a shotgun from Western Surplus. So he had, we just turned 18. And um, I, I heard about, you know, I, I go home. This is days after he had got it. Go home and uh, my mother tell me what happened that a classmate had came by. And I knew he was smoking, you know, I knew he was, you know, not the same person I went to school with, you know, he had just kind of turned into a, a fiend. So I knew he lied, tricked her. I wasn't even close to this dude. I just knew him. So I knew where he lived. I went down and um, we, we jumped in his car, had the shotgun. Went to went to dude house, knocked on the door, and he wasn't home. So thank God he wasn't home, cause I was mad. I wasn't thinking. I didn't really like the dude at all, anyway. So 
I, I felt violated because he did that to my mother. Mm-hmm. So I was extra on one and um, he wasn't home. So we, we, we left and it just gave me time to cool down. And my mother was like, it's only $20, you know what I mean? I would have gave him $20, you know, if he, even uh, if he didn't come with that story, if he asked. So, you know, it's the moments that I thank God that, uh, you know, obviously he's watching my back. Usually we ask all of our guests the biggest pivot in their lives. So 36 years ago, you were 18 then. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that particular moment when he wasn't home, uh, would that be your biggest pivot? Nah, not at all. You know, that was, you know, moment in time. You know, I think my bi- my biggest pivot was, I used to play football too. Play what position? F- fullback and linebacker, outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. And I stopped playing that to hang out with Dr. Dre. You know, uh, I, I quit the team. Well, it wasn't fun no more. Uh, because I wasn't trying to, I wasn't thinking about I'm playing football to go to college right. mm-hmm. to play in the pros. I was playing football because it was fun. I like to play football. The coaches was just way too serious. You know what I mean? They was just way too serious for me. They were so worried about their job. It wasn't fun. So I was on the fence. And then I got into the music. I met Dr. Dre. We just hit it off, you know, always running creative ideas by each other. And and we was both serious about hip hop. And so I chose to quit the team in 11th grade and, and go hang with him. And that's my biggest pivot. It's funny sitting down with you, man. It's an honor because you were OG. Like, it's some stuff like you, you know what I'm saying, through your music and what you did, like you you taught me growing up, you know what I'm saying, how yeah. how, how, a, how a G moves, you know what I'm saying, how, how dudes think about it. When you're telling that story, it's remind, you, it was Doughboy. You mess with my brother, I'm about to go, nigga, yeah. I'm about to go get you. And then we yeah. watched the NWA movie. Yeah. And then you checking everybody in that movie with that same energy. Like, mm-hmm. nigga, you ain't, you ain't about to mess with me like that. My family, my people, or especially, you, you ain't about to try me. Was it God that got you where you are? Because the way I've seen, not talking to you, I've seen you move, you were supposed to be in that penitentiary a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely God, but you make the decision mm-hmm. at the time. You know, you you make the decision. Like, yeah, he's gotten me out of some dumb decisions, and I've been able to sidestep other things. You know, I, I ain't always had the courage all the time to do the right things or basically make an impact at the moment of truth. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody else, I've had the moments in my life when I said, man, I should have did this or I should have did that. Or, you know, next time I'm not going to let that happen. And I've learned from the moments and I've just decided that it's better to, you know, to stand up for yourself at the time than to, Go to bed regretting you not doing what you should have did, what you knew you should have did at the time that that you should have did it. So I've always been aware and always wanted to make sure people knew where I stand. Been assertive. Assertive. That's what you call yeah. it. Assertive. Assertive. You know. And um, <laughs> I made a promise to myself that I would do everything to make sure I didn't end up in the penitentiary. You know, it was like I was just working to make sure they didn't get me. I was talking to your oldest son when we pulled up, and we were talking about the phases of your life. And he was saying that your kids feel like they were born in different eras mm-hmm. of who O'Shea Jackson is as a man, right? That yeah. there was a, there was a hip hop, there was a hip hop era, and then there's movies, and then there's business. And he said he feels like as the kids, they've kind of grown up and their experiences into who they are today were based off of where you were in life. Like he was talking about your youngest and he said he's a numbers guy mm-hmm. because he grew up with you being in the business. How have you been able to use your creativity, whether it starts with being the the lead writer and, and vocalist of NWA, getting into a solo career, West Side Connection, then 
writing movies. Like, I mean, you're the same dude, the same person. Like, part of your legacy is going to be the same person gave us no Vaseline, and are we there yet? Mm -hmm. That don't seem like that should be the same man. How have you been able to use your creativity and move into all these different realms and be so successful? Um, you know, I recognize that it was art. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's art. And when you're an artist, you can paint anything you want to paint. You don't have to stick to a script. And you don't have to be what, what they say you are or what people perceive you as. You know, you can be who you want to be and do it how you want to do it. And just because I remember, you know, dudes in the studio told me not to do it was a good day. Really? Yeah, they was like, Q, you do hardcore music, man. You, you know, you do that, you do that real shit. You know what I'm saying? This good day. What you mean? What you talking about, man? You supposed to be talking about the shit. And I'm like, <laughs> I said, no, nah, homie, it, it ain't like that. You know, I ain't just popping off. You know what I'm saying? If if I'm having a good day and I'm a reality rapper, yeah, goddamn it, I should be able to right. say that I'm having a good day, right? You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't have to be, no, nah, I only do it this way. I only talk about this. I only can say this because this is how I started. You know, I started hardcore and everything got to be hardcore. And it's like, that's not even reality. You know, the reality is you can't judge a book by its cover. And uh, I've proved that. I've proven that over and over and over again. You just can't judge a book by its cover. So, so don't try. And that's what it's really all about. It's like, you see me, people see me to have different perceptions, but you don't know, you don't really know what's going on with yeah. me. You don't know what I know and what I don't know and what I can do and what I can't do. And so, you know, I've just hopefully been an example really? uh, of, of that one fact. Yeah. And talking about that, bro, did success breed success? Like, without rap, would there be movies? Without rap, would it be producing? Without, like, did you did you need that side to see that I'm talented? Like you said, I, I'm an artist with the rap, and now I can move on. You know, the better you do in one opportunity, the more doors open for you. Yeah. If you squander your first opportunity, sometimes the second and the third ones don't even... Um, present themselves. So it's really about recognizing opportunities, um, taking advantage of them, because that's what they're there for. You know, doors don't stay open. So when they open, you got to go through it, not doubting yourself, because an opportunity may present itself in something you ain't never did before. Being willing to learn on-the-job training <laughs> and know that you just can't learn, but you got to be great at it at the same time as you learn it. So being committed, you know, and, and yeah, I think, you know, if you're successful in one thing, other opportunities present themselves. I know the gentleman that invented hot Cheetos and his story is he was a janitor at the company and his father told him, Wherever the area, they should know that that a Jackson did this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the bosses recognize, hey, hey, man, who, who, who the one cleaning up the area around here? They want to talk to him. Say, man, you take initiative. You know, I like how you do your job, man. Any ideas you got for the company, let us know. <laughs> he let them know. Now he a billionaire. And and um, it's all because he did it. He did the, his his one opportunity to work for the company. He did his job like he cared, and he got an opportunity and he took advantage of it. Yeah, we had an opportunity to talk to Notre Dame's football team, mm -hmm. and we were speaking about Plan B's, and that was something I tried to tell them. I was like, look. The best way to get to your plan B is excel at plan A. Wherever your feet are, be the best you could possibly be in that spot. And that usually leads to other opportunities. Yeah. You have to execute every day. Right. 
if you try to be, you know, as good as you can possibly be every day, then the things you want to do get done in an excellent way. Yeah. That's really what it's all about. It's about planning, pre-planning, and on the day, you know, execute and try to be the best at it, you know, and uh, and then other things. You know, good work is recognized. You know, you Always. don't have to right. say a lot. Always. We, like, he kind of dipped and dabbed into your journey. And, you know, you mentioned uh, dodging bullets, not being in, in prison. But you face a lot of challenges, right? I want to know, like, um, within those challenges, wh what were the most difficult challenges? Was it from the, the, the industry itself or um, the streets? Like, what what told you, look, I got to get my shit together. You know, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm here to do my thing. Like, what was the most difficult time that said, now nah, I'm going to pivot and make myself, you know, what I think I can be? I mean, you know, growing up in a in a neighborhood, you know, where, um, you know, gangbanging is, is pretty much all around you. You know, even though my street, was more known for sports. Like, on my block, on Van Wick, you had to know how to play something. Mm -hmm. Or take your ass, take your ass. You're going to get ran off of here, you know right, what I mean? Because right. we, football, basketball, baseball, you know, we, we uh, go-karts, mini bikes, motorcycles, um, you know, it was, it was that kind of neighborhood. So you had to be able to be athletic, um, you know, a few gangbangers here and there, but, but that wasn't really the block for that, you know, the block for that was, you know, more up close to Western. So, you know, that's the biggest obstacle, you know, the music industry ain't shit, you know what I'm saying? The movie industry, that's you know, I give you a headache. It's frustrating. It ain't, it ain't nothing. It ain't, you know, it ain't shit, you know, but you got to handle your business. Right. It could be a nightmare if you just start signing your name on shit and you don't um, handle your business. You don't have nobody looking at your paperwork. You so worried about that little money they're giving you up front and, and, you know, you want to put on the chain and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? You got to handle your business or you're going to be crying when you get mature. Uh, and everybody, you know, they like, I don't even see why some of these dudes uh, sign these youngsters to bad contracts because they know one day this dude going to come back and be like, man, you had me sign some bullshit. Yeah. It's going to happen. It always happens. So, like, I don't know why they do it, but it's usually, you know, people with no talent taking advantage of people with that's, that has a, a lot of talent. Was you were you were you always heavy into to paperwork? Because, you know, when you left the group, you came back and, and you did your, you went fucking crazy and did your thing. Were you always privy, you know, aware of this is how I got to handle my business within all these contracts. Cause you would, I would assume like somebody that come from that sort of demographic, you know, in the hood or what, what have you, like, you don't really pay attention to that. You like, you're more enamored by, you're impressed by the fame or the potential yeah. of having that fame and the, the, the dangling silver, you know, sparkly thing. So the paperwork, like when did you develop that business acumen? Well, you know, what was, you know, what was cool about my career is I didn't, and I wasn't hot from the jump. You know, I sat back and watched Dr. Dre, um, Grandmaster Lines, uh, Yella, Clientele. I watched the Wrecking Crew. Mm. I watched their trials and tribulations and stuff. So I knew. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
somewhat how how hard it is to struggle in the game. So I had kind of went through it. You know, we I was in a group called Stereo Crew, and um, we we were signed to Epic Records. So we went through that process of, and you know what was cool about Lonzo, he we did it right. You know, what I'm saying he um, he didn't take advantage of us. We was young, you know, we were so young. Our parents had to sign for us, and so we was still like 15, 16. I kind of knew what was up, uh, but who really put me on it was uh, Pat Charbonnet. If y'all look at Friday, it is, say, produced by Pat Charbonnet. Hmm. Uh, she was my first manager, and she really, you know, taught me a lot about the game and things to look out for. You know, I wish we could have highlighted her in the movie, uh, but it was just a lot of politics behind, you know, who went in the movie and who didn't. But, you know, at the end of the day, she was just, you know, telling me to look out, be careful. Um, she connected me with a lawyer, a guy by the name of Michael Ashburn. She was helping, helping me navigate behind the scenes. You know, I appreciate that she was there. But you're talking about navigating behind the scenes and, and contracts. And it makes me think about some of the backlash you got for negotiating or even talking about negotiating, negotiating a contract with Black America. Yeah. Right? You went yeah. from being the guy that was NWA and F the police to your own people, your own community, who you supported through movies, through music and all of this, calling you a sellout, where you had to step out and say, look, this is what I was doing. This is why it mattered to me. You really had to be in the frame of mind of saying, you know what? I don't care how this looks. I have a mission. I have a passion to help people. And I don't care if it's with the people. I'm going to talk to the party. I'm going to talk to the folks who want to help me move things forward. How did you get that passion that you wanted to give back to the community, what you felt they deserved and what they were owed? But also, how did you get to a point where you didn't care what table you sat at? Because you dealt with a ton of a ton of backlash for doing that and talking to the former president. If you know uh, that you can make a difference, other people might not understand it, but you know, I feel obligated to try. And I felt like people understand it in time. You know what I'm saying? Due time, people understand, you know. So I, I, I'm used to being able to take the the bullets as they come in the moment, understanding that, you know, uh, as time go on, people will understand the move. Now, you know, with that situation, with any situation, what I want people to understand is you hear about institutions, you know, you got Democrats, you got the Republicans, you got you know, Congress, Senate, judges, doctors, lawyers, blah, 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 police, huh, firemen. They're all just people, man. Right. All these titles and shit don't mean nothing. I don't care about nobody's title. That's something people usually get a self. People cherish their little title. You know, fuck your title. I don't care. You're a person. I'm going to talk to you. You, you know, and I don't get hung up on what you think you are. You know what I'm saying? I get hung up on, can I communicate with you? If you're going in the right direction, I'm going to cheer you on. If you're going in the wrong direction, I'm going to try to turn you around. And that's what it's all about, man. We so hung up on people's titles and we don't understand it's just people, you know, we put too much, you know, people scared to talk to their doctor. Why? He's, he's a fucking doctor. Like, he's not even, I mean, he's a doctor, but he's a man or a woman with the answers or not. Ask the questions, you know what I mean? Don't get hung up on on all these, all this stuff. So I learned that, you know, as I matured, that not to get up, caught up on nobody's title. And I'm going to talk to somebody like a man or a woman. That's my approach. Um, the contract with Black America, everybody, you know, after the George Floyd murder, um, 
All of America pretended like they wanted to do something different and make amends for, you know, really cutting us out of the financial flow and system of things. And um, so, but they were, everybody was really focused on police brutality. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a broader conversation and talk about everything that is plaguing um, us in America. And so that's where the contract with Black America came from. Now, I put it out, you know, July 1st. Everybody wanted to talk to me. You know, I didn't call the Democrats and say, did you see what I dropped? Check for me. I didn't call the Republicans. It's like, did you see that contract with Black America? It wasn't really for that. It was for everybody to look at it, dissect it, add to it, subtract from it, debate it, understand it. And wherever they can use it, they could to better a bill or get grant money or whatever that you needed this for. You needed this information for. You could use it like you could use a a dictionary, you know. So everybody called me. I went to talk to the people that wanted to talk to me, and that's all that was done. And that's the the thank for yourself. Was that 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 concept? Yeah. Like, don't get a part. That's how I took it. Don't get a part of parties and sides. Thank for yourself. See the whole picture. But everything has to be motivated. You know what I'm saying? What's the the, the motivation? Because it's funny. You're looking at you need to help everybody. You just help people. Mm-hmm. But like you say, the black community attacked you because why are you why are you writing something to black people and not to everybody if that's who you want to help? Everybody well, they were they were upset. No, they were upset because they felt like he was sleeping with the enemy. But that's what like, I'm saying. I, you like, gotta so, realize that at, at that time, like he's talking, he's talking about George Floyd and us being focused on police brutality and now him trying to get this broader this broader bill passed or a broader look at the entire community and how we elevate, especially financially, he had to do that because the Democrats were not offering or not giving him the seat at the table that we felt like it deserved. So now you're with Trump and the Republicans put it out and say, Ice Cube was very vital in helping us with this part of what we want to push through legislation. But it's the thing about Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter and everybody says, well, all lives matter. But then you look at it and say, the black lives are the marginalized lives. They're the ones that are working 400 years behind. And so that's the thing. It's that same concept of that. I understand everybody's important, but we, we need to concentrate on us, George Floyd and all the situation. Yeah, it's a situation where um, it's nothing wrong with us focusing on our community to fix our problems and asking the country to focus on them, too, you know, um, Nothing wrong with that. Everybody does it. You know, I think that's the smart thing to do. Um, Can't help everybody. Like, we drowning. You can't help everybody till you get yourself on the boat. And so we need to get on the boat and and then we can throw a lifeline. We, you know, we willing to help everybody. So it's really about us getting a lifeline. And we're the ones that's being systematically discriminated on, you know, through the, you know, financial um, system that's in place. You know, it's 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 a dead end um, in most, you know, most avenues of, of gaining financial um, capital to, you know. Do you feel like the NBA is doing that to you with the big three as well? Because you've spoken out about that relationship and what what you've done with that league stack came out and made a statement and and you were in support of of stack statement Steven Jackson obviously and the way that he supported the big three I believe he won the championship as a player coach yeah in the first year back and to back back to back and you've given guys opportunities to go show that they can hoop again yeah but 
it's not one of those things where you see, like, and Channing was talking about it before, the NFL speaking with The Rock, trying to make sure the XFL has the sort of visibility and sort of opportunities, taking guys straight from the XFL to the NFL. You talk about the guys being systematically pushed down financially. Do you feel there is some sort of negative relationship between the big three and the NBA, which you have found? For one, the the NBA... um I, you know, I really don't understand their position. Um, they're considering us competition. Um, and if you look at the big three compared to the NBA, yeah, yeah. it's not competition. Right. What they're not understanding is we do a lot with our game for for the mental health of, of athletes who've honed their skills from little kids to – grown men to maturity, some of them, you know, we start as young as 22, but but guys still being able to play the game that they love and make money, that's what it's all about. You know, it's not about Ice Cube and, and you know, they can hurt me. You know what I'm saying? It's going to hurt my feelings if, if the big three don't survive. Right. But it's going to crush a lot of athletes it's going to take a lot of jobs away. They don't have a head coaching job for the Iceman. They don't have a head coaching job for Rick Barry. Mm. You know what I mean? They don't. Or or Rick Mahorn or, or Michael Cooper or Nancy Lieberman or Lisa Leslie. So to crush this league and to do the things that they're doing behind the scenes is going to hurt Adam Silver's legacy. This is going to be the stain. Um, mark my words, it's not going to matter if he put Black Lives Matter on the court if if, if Black Lives don't matter in his heart. Mm. So it, it, this is going to be what would do it if he don't turn this around. It'll be a shame because it's so easy for him to say that we're not a competing league and let his owners invest into the big three and make sure you know, there's a place, you know, every team could have a NBA team could have a three on three team. You know, it's right. like, well, why, what are we doing here? Uh, it's a great idea. We took it to him first. So it's not like we just showed up on the block. We took it to him first. We came bearing gifts, offered him 10% <laughs> of the league for free. You had to pay a quarter and he said, thank you, but no, thank you. And, we proceeded to do our thing, but, you know, encouraging networks not to run the big three, it's not cool. You know, you virtually hear nothing about the big three on mainstream sports media. Why? You know, it's like, what's cooler than the big three right now to going on in the summer? Mm-hmm. It's not the summer league NBA. Right. You don't even know half them kids. Right. Some of them dudes ain't even going to make the team. Right. It's, you know, unless you love golf or mid-season baseball, you know, what else is cooler? What else benefits um, their former players more than the big three? So something's got to give. So the the idea and the concept from paper pen to fruition, like, what were you, what were you doing? Like, <laughs> How in the fuck you hey, say I'm finna start a big three? You gotta be smoking, uh, three, watching three. three. Well, who? Yeah, yeah. Like, she wasn't smoking nothing. <laughs> like some of that uh, chicken coop, bit, right? That chicken coop. Yeah, nah, I wasn't in a chicken coop. <laughs> it, it's it's a you know it's it's been there. It's it's been the three on three, been the little cousin of five on five from day one. It's something we all usually play. We How probably don't play on it. We started in 2017. Right. We spent 2016 discussing rules and 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 business model. And Fireball. 2015, we were, hmm, man, you know, could we? I don't know. You know, Kobe scored 60 points in his last game. I'm not there. Hmm. I'm I'm shooting a movie. I think it might have been either Fist Fight or Barbershop. They may might have been fist fight. So I'm not there. I'm pissed. I missed Kobe last game and he scored 60. My son, 
O'Shea Jr., my wife, kids going crazy. You should have been there. You missed it. Ah. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I cannot see this dude play no more. Right. This, this, this ain't right. I, I'll pay money. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere I could pay to see this guy play. And then that's when uh, I called my guy Jeff and uh, said, we got to do this shit, man. And it was like, let's, let's, let's figure it out. And then that's when 2016, we started to churn. 2017, we had Iceman down to do it. We had uh, Kenyon Martin, Jermaine O'Neal down to do it, Chauncey Billups, Dr. J to agree. And once we got Allen Iverson, we was like, man, we're going to announce because people are going to want to see this. Right, right. Was it hard convincing those guys? Some harder than others. They, you know, some of them was right away on it. Some of them need a few phone calls. You know, I think we had to meet Clyde Drexler a few times. Mm-hmm. They saw the concept was great. And then they said, Q, we believe in you. You know, how could we tell you no if if you believe this is going to work? I said, uh, you know, it'll be my mission to make it work. You a businessman. Fred talked about the contracts earlier. Is it is it a sound business model that you have set up? Are you, are you making money? Can you really make money off this? Or is it just a passion? Like, I love to fish. Yeah. I don't make no money off fishing. Yeah, you can make money off this. You know what I mean? It's, it's just hitting the inflection point. We're almost there, you know. To run this league is... Dudes contracts can fit into this league. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like some dudes making three times what it takes to run this league. So we we're close. We just close to being <laughs> over the hump. Yeah. And then we're all down here. Our business model works better than the NBA, where the top teams have to pay money. The top ten teams have to pay money. Middle ten teams make about 10, 15, 20 million. And the bottom teams make about 50 million a year. Top teams got to pay money because they usually into the luxury tax. You've been able to make money doing, doing a lot of things. And I think that's what makes the question interesting about the big three. Like you didn't spend a ton of money to make Friday. And obviously became, you said you wanted it to be a hood classic. And I think it's more than that. It's just a classic movie, mm-hmm. period. It's given us more sayings, quotes, memes than any movie that you know we've had an opportunity to watch. But I wanna sort of ask you about the people you keep around or the people you get to work with. You are like, I thought it was fake. Like I didn't think you was gonna be this chill. You actually are that damn cool. And so you're in all these movies, you're in all about the Benjamins. You got next Friday, Friday at the next, you got ride along, you hang out. With funny people, Cube, yeah. but you don't laugh. <laughs> I do. So when you wrong, so when you That's wrong, funny. when you wrong, Mike Elves, Chris Tucker, yeah. Kevin Hart, man, all these people, do you act like this? And which one I'm of them is the funniest all the time, to be? Man. You are I'm laughing all the time with them dudes, man, because they crack me up. <laughs> you know, growing up, all my friends was funny. All my friends was funny. Is that how you got to be like this? Be serious as hell all the time? That's just my personality, you know? But, you know, I laugh, you know, crack jokes with the best of them. I I got one then. I was going to save it because I needed this from you because you jaded me as a child. I was born in 83. Uh Uh-huh. So today was a good day came out. I was what? Yeah, yeah. 10? Yeah, you were probably about 19. 19, right? Yeah. Kim was the name. Yeah. You got a call from her? Yeah. And I'm a paraphrase, she can have sex all night. <laughs> I knew where this yeah. was going. Right? Yeah. So I thought that was a thing. Trying to go all night. As a grown-ass man, I need yeah. to know, because you taught me this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
having sex all night, does that mean after the club at 3 a.m., that's to 5 a.m.? Because, <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, I can give a motherfucker. My mommy. Ask my wife. I can give a motherfucker two and a half hours. Listen to the lyrics. <laughs> but, but if you go to dinner at 6 and get out of dinner at 8, I can't bro. have sex from 8 to 6 a.m. That's 10 hours, Q. Bro. That's too fucking bro. long. I said she can have sex all night. I didn't say I could. <laughs> so who she having sex with? You know, if I needed to go, you know, she ready to go. <laughs> but what? What's that window? What? What? What show? There's a bigger conversation. What's showing out time wise for for a man? What's showing out? I mean, showing out time wise. If you just you about to tear it up. I guess till skin come off. That's. that's <laughs> you want to get changed? No, that's showing out. Hey, that's showing out. Hell you no. said showing out. Hell shit. no. That's a wrap after that. You said hey, showing out. We're not trying to get chafed, though. Yeah, so what are you talking it. about, man? How long what? Is showing out? How long is it? Because, you know, everybody say the, the, the two-minute man. trying to ask how it. long I have sex? No, no, no. I'm he, asking hey, you. He has some weird questions. I just yeah, need, yeah, I need to know from my OG... <laughs> How it, it, my time frame is ahead. If we start at midnight, if I go to 1.30, be happy, motherfucker. Yeah, she, she better be good. You go that long. You go, to, you go for 1.30. But then it's but it's foreplay. It's a lot more to it, too. You gotta show you gotta you gotta have to games and toys and cosplay. Hey. Next question, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, that dude hey. on your shirt yeah, might he, be getting yeah, he to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin probably going to catch up with him. He tried and to get Kevin Hart to go to the You're talking somewhere. about to the skin fall off, what'd you say? No, nah, he said, what is showing out? Right. I said, that would be showing out, like going, you know, too long. You know he was talking about no Vaseline and shit, too. That'll take some skin off, too. Nah, nah. That was back nah, in the day. No, nah, just, just, like just rap real. lyrics. You're, a lot of your songs are iconic. Classics. So many damn classics, man. And I know you did uh, EYL with the guys. And you spoke about diss tracks, mm. right? And having the hardest diss track out. And I, yeah. and I agree with you on that. But what you have so many. What, what's your baby? Like what song? Oh, it, do you was consider your it was a good day. It was a good day. Is my baby the one that they didn't want you to do? The one they didn't want me to do. You know, it was just a little debate. It wasn't like it wasn't. It was. I had to tell them this is gonna be the shit. Like, you know, I'm Ice Cube. Y'all not back. Shut up. Just sit down. And so, that's my baby. Because for one, you know, shout out to the Izzy Brothers. You know, especially Ron Isley, who let me use it, you know, and didn't say, nah, Cube, you know, that's our shit. You know what I mean? Right. That's my baby. So, you know, I, I think it was a hit before, you know, I even touched it. So putting the lyrics on top of it just kind of, you know, you got a cheeseburger and you got a double cheeseburger, you right. know what I'm saying? Right. So that just put the second little layer on it to make it. You know, all-time rap classic, but uh, that that's the one uh, because it's it's taken my career, my rap career, further than I think any other song would have. Mama really cooked her breakfast with no hog. Yeah, yeah. If she was cooking for me, been up for So no pork, nah. none of that. I'm with that. Damn. I do miss bacon sometimes, though. I do miss bacon sometimes, but. Chance called you the OG a ton, um, you know, and when you said it's just lyrics, you're obviously talking about something different, but it's like, you mentioned being assertive and there was NWA, then there was your solo career and obviously Dre was a part of that, whether it was diss tracks and that was just music or whatever it is, you know, you come back 2016, perform at Coachella with Dre, you've shown for whether if I'm watching or a younger kid is watching that men can disagree, that business is business, but it doesn't have to end in what we think the hood says getting respect is, or in what we sometimes grow up thinking respect is. It can be a mutual respect for the rest of our lives for what we did for one another. What do you think, or how have you evolved as a man in relationships like that? Because I feel like we've gotten to watch you in different phases of it, and now you're at the point where people do look to you for how you've put people on, how you've mended relationships that people thought were broken. You know, sometimes time heals 
wounds, you know, don't heal all wounds, but it do. And um, I think us coming, all coming from neighborhoods where you can get killed, just going to the store or stand out in front of your house, that we, you know, we recognize we're in a blessed position to be able to make music and um, sidestep some of that heat that's in the neighborhood that we all grew up in now. The ones that really are serious about making a better life for themselves, they realize, okay, this beef is going on. It could get real physical. For one, I don't want to get none of my people hurt, and I don't want to get hurt. So you start to figure out how to quell it, stop it from getting to that point. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's different phases. Like when you beef in the street, you beefing with you. And everybody know it. A third party can always come in, do something to you, and then they're going to blame it on you. Or do something to you, and then they're going to blame it on him. Ain't nothing he going to be able to say to make people think he didn't have nothing to do with what happened to you. Mm -hmm. So now, somebody who hate both of y'all could come in, do something to one of y'all, you're going to get blamed, and he's going to get both of y'all in, in that time that y'all beefing in the street. So realizing that, you realize, okay, try to squash this as fast as possible uh, or let it pass. Communicate if you can to the person you're beefing with or to their team and let them know. We'll keep this on wax. If y'all don't put out another one, we won't put out another one. Mm. Y'all won't do that, we won't do that. Try to squash it. Beef for Cypress Hill, we realized it was turning into a... Uh, it was going into the penitentiaries and there was black on brown thing going on that we knew we we didn't want to add to that. Um, so we squashed it because we didn't want that happening in the streets. Common, you know, we got a mutual um, person helped us squash that. Uh, minister helped us squash that. And we ended up doing a movie together. You know what I mean? He was in... And a song, and and you know we good friends, you know since that beef. Um, so, and me and be real, you know we toured together. Now we went to Australia, we went to New Zealand, a few cities in the country, and then we do the UK, December. Got records that's gonna come out together. It's important, man, to leave it on wax. You know, it's like mm -hmm. football, right? You know what I'm saying? You try to take my head off between the lines, you know. But at a certain point, it's just a game, game over, man. Yeah. You got me this time. I'll get you next time. Shake hands. And because so battling is part of rap. It's like sparring. We all battle. It's part of sharpening your skills. And and you know, sometimes it go to wax. You know, the thing is, is you don't want to get physical. Mm. People get hurt. You know, we, we've had beefs to get physical, too. You know, all of them don't, don't. you know, we got physical with eight, with uh, above the law. But we squashed it, you know. Now now we cool and, and did records together. We had Snoop on the show, and we, for, we all forgot to mention that we was down in Nashville when y'all came through for the Mount Westmore. We totally forgot to mention. Bro, that joke though. was hard, though. Yeah, we was one of the greatest nights of my life. The actually, had, we were just getting going, <laughs> and we like we just we didn't even know y'all was gonna be there. We caught wind. We was like, we gotta rock with this. We got some great tickets, and the show was amazing. It was. Thank it you. was. I'm talking about. It was super dope. Do y'all like? Do you guys miss that energy? First of all, how did it come about? You got two guys from the Bay, two guys from this side. Like, how did? That come about? Who put the 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 what is it? The forehead and monster together. You feel? <laughs> oh me? man, you know we've been been knowing each other forever. You know, for thirty years and touring with each other with with each other at you know 
the same amount of time, but just different ways. You know, sometimes it's me and Too Short. Sometimes it's Snoop and Short. Sometimes it's 40 and uh, Short. It's me and 40. You know, so it's different configurations of us touring together uh, all these years. And, uh, you know, during that that uh, pandemic, mm. you know, E-40 was like, uh, oh. yo, you know, First, he did a wellness check on me, and you know, I said, I'm still alive, you know, I'm still here. And he said, uh, We should do something dope. I'm like, What? We should do some music. So, what? So, we start a group. Group who? First, I want to know who when you say start a group. Um, because if I ain't rocking with you, I'm gonna be like, Who at the party? I ain't coming. <laughs> who that? So, he was, I was like, Who? He's like, Me, you, uh, Snoop, and, and Schultz. I was like, hell yeah. You know, that's just the perfect, the perfect ingredients for something big. And um, so it was all about, uh, you know, naming the group. And I was like, Mount Westmore. Right. Just fit perfect. Is there an out? Do you have a date or age that you, you, you done? I know you got plenty of money and all that, but like you, you want to chill. (laughs) There's no such thing as plenty of money. And, <laughs> but that, and, there's no, there's and, no, everybody and, got a finish uh, line. You don't got a finish line? I want to do it longer than George Burns. That's forever. I want to do it longer than George Burns. Well, with, with that, I've been fascinated. When you start really digging into your career, you start to see how much you've actually done, been a piece of, whether it's directing, producing, writing, performing, acting. When it's all said and done, you've already gotten your star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. What do you think you want people to remember about you? Whether it's, I remember he was Doughboy. Either they don't know, they don't show, or they ain't never been to the hood. If it's Friday, if it's today was a good day, what's the thing you want people to say about Ice Cube and be like, I remember that, and that makes me feel this way? I haven't really thought about that, but, you know, if you, if you put it that way, I would want them to think that many people can do it, but they can't do what Cube can do. Mm. And many people can sell more records than me. They can do a lot of different things, but they can't do everything I can do in the game. Hell, that's a bar. That's it a is. show. <laughs> it it, it, it kind of sounds like everybody can podcast. When you watch Friday back for the first time, did you know y'all had a hit like that? Like, uh, Yeah, yeah, because it had me, you know, it still make me laugh. Like, oh, that's y'all so good, man. I've seen it so it's many it's times, it's but it, it still make me laugh. I was, I was deep in high school. Stop being a bitch, yeah. <laughs> Stop being a bitch, come on. Hold up. Limitless. Take a simic cow pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on a mission, get me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, on this bitch, you can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a simic cow pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on a mission, get me up.